You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, episode 65. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast, where learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Now, if this is your first time, I obviously want to introduce myself and say hi because it would be rude if I didn't. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange. I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand, get out of your own way and start playing bigger and branding bolder. Sound good? Well, then you're going to love this podcast. Now, today I am speaking with Jamie Palmer, the CEO of Outlier Marketing Group and digital business strategist and coach. Having been in business for over 15 years, Jamie specializes and works with businesses in hyper-competitive industries, including IT, marketing, financial, hospitality, and professional services. She's an expert at building highly engaged online communities, implementing advanced marketing and engagement strategies, and works with entrepreneurs, overachievers, love it, consultants, creative coaches, dreamers, and small business owners to simplify, streamline, and succeed online to six to seven figures. I have to tell you, I loved this chat. We were planning on kind of talking about uh, being accountable and implementing things well, and we kind of did, but we also went off topic, but there is gold in this episode. There are a couple of things that Jamie and I talked about that where I had a bit of a brain explode moment. I think that a lot of times we know certain things, but when somebody explains it differently, we're talking about shiny object syndrome that a lot of entrepreneurs have where we're like, yeah, this is good, but I think I'll create something else. We're talking about that. And if you want to create momentum in your business, if you want to be successful, then you have to start to direct your creativity somewhere else. And that's what we're going to talk about amongst many other things. So strap in because it's a good episode and it's short for, I guess, our standards, (laughs) but it's a power packed episode. So I know you're going to enjoy it. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I'm going to be doing some new shout outs. Now, one of the main objectives of this podcast is for you to take action. Yeah. Brand Builders Lab is about you learning things and then testing them in your business and learning from people who are experts in their field and then you going and doing the work. What I don't want this podcast to be is something that you listen to constantly and that you enjoy, but you do nothing with. Yeah, because I am all about action taking. So something that I'm doing that's new on the podcast that will hopefully encourage you to take action is I am going to be doing shout outs to anybody. Well, not to everybody, but to people who send me any kind of message that tells me exactly what they did as a result of listening to the podcast. So here's a couple for you. Yeah. I'm giving a shout out to Chrissy from Chaos to Calm. She listened to Melinda Keto's 
uh, podcast on your opt-in, getting better conversion rates and how to create the right opt-in, which is episode 62. And she has gone and created her opt-in using some of those tips. Awesome work, Chrissy. I'm also giving a big shout out to Lynn from The Gifting Pot, who sent me a gorgeous message saying that she had recommended the podcast to a friend of hers and then got a message saying, loving Suze Chadwick's podcast. So far, I feel like I'm listening to a friend. Thanks for the recommendation. So Lynn from The Gifting Pot, thank you so much. And then a shout out as well to Leah Ladson Photography, who listened to episode 61 about what to do if you want to become a speaker. And she sent me a message saying, speakers page is going up on my website stats. Leah, I'm going to go and actually check out and see if that's happened, which I'm sure it has. But ladies and gents, I am here to help you take action. And if that means that you want to shout out on the podcast, when you share with me the action that you take, then that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be shouting out more about you and what you're doing because that's what this is all about. Yeah. Okay. But I don't want to hang on anymore because I think you're going to love it. So let's dive in to this week's episode. Jamie, welcome to the Brown Builders Lab podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I was on your podcast a little while ago, which I just shared on my Insta recently, and we talked about branding. Now, you're from a marketing background. I'm a bit obsessed with marketing at the moment. I have to be honest with you. I feel like there's so much going on generally in the market. Um, There's funnels, and obviously you've got your social, and you've got your digital, and so many things. What are you saying at the moment in the market? Like what's kind of piquing your interest? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's going to, it's going to turn to the age of like marketing and business ecosystems where it's not just one thing that works. And I've been saying business ecosystems for, I don't know, five years now, because for me, it's not truly any one thing. Like you can't just rely on Facebook ads. You can't just rely on a funnel and you can't just rely on this. They all have to work together to continue to nurture and grow and really usher people along on that client journey. So I think it's going to shift from funnels and ads, which is what I've seen a lot of in this past year to really like creating that full circle ecosystem, number one. And I, I think, Number two, video is not going away. Facebook groups are not going away. Um, so all those people that shut down their groups and had this mass group exodus. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> I think they might be regretting those decisions. Oh, yeah. Um, because Facebook's putting a ton of effort into building momentum around the groups because of the competition in the newsfeed. And so that's where they're really encouraging brands to build community and conversations. Um, And then as you know, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, like that's not going away. That's only going to continue to gain momentum. So spending time there 
is really hard for me at least to stay consistent about stories. But um, <laughs> the more I think stories for sure are going to be a really, really great way. But those are trends like, you know, those things come and go. You don't and ultimately you don't own social media, right? You you are leasing an email on your email list. So to me, it's always about driving those people back to the email list and nurturing them, right? And getting them to know, like, and trust you. Because at least you're leasing that, right? Like you have some semblance of ownership over that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm seeing. Um, LinkedIn too has become really, really popular, which is kind of funny. I used to get tons of leads off of LinkedIn because I think I was like the only person on LinkedIn for like a really long time. <laughs> And then now everyone's on LinkedIn and they're like, oh my God, it's like a lead, whatever. But I feel like I get like 25 messages a day on LinkedIn being like, buy my product. And it's like, this is not how LinkedIn works. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I hate to say, it, I'm just not a fan. But I was saying, I was speaking at an event this week and I said, it's only because my personal experience, I either get hit on or hit up. As in like, you know, buy my thing or hey, they're gorgeous. And I'm like, neither of these things is okay. Like, no. this is the, yeah. So I've just not had a great experience on LinkedIn. I feel like a lot of my ex-colleagues and stuff are on it, which is great to keep connected with them. But from a business perspective, I haven't really used it that much. Yeah. So what one thing people don't realize is LinkedIn has this thing called LinkedIn Profinder. It actually probably would be good for you and your business because we get a lot of leads from it. And essentially somebody can put in a request to say, Hey, I'm looking, here's the, here's a project I have. Here's what I'm looking for. And you can list yourself as whatever your expertise is. Yeah. And that is where we've generated a lot of business from in the past, I would say 18 months. And is that um, expensive to use? Free. So, what? yeah, you can respond to three um, leads a month for free. And then once you get to three, you have to pay for the LinkedIn premium service. I've not heard of that. Yeah, most people don't realize it. It's kind of a hidden secret. <laughs> oh, wow. And we get one to two proposals per week. And honestly, like the proposals don't usually provide you with enough information that you could actually have a meaningful conversation. But essentially, I start it with just like, here's who I am. Here's what we do. Here's who we serve. Here's how I think we could present like a small, like the first three paragraphs are generic. The fourth paragraph is like, all right, well, here's how I think we could work together based on the information you provide. Let's book a call to talk. And I would say 80% of those that we fill out, we get a call from. And I would say of that, either not all qualified, right? They're not all qualified. <clears throat> um, but I would say we've gotten 10 or so pieces of done for you business from that. That is awesome. I really did not know about that. That's super interesting, especially the fact that it's free. And did you say three leads a week? Like you three can... Project. So I get about three based on, cause what they do is they send them to you based on a radius. So it's like where you are plus like 200 miles or something like that. Um, so most of mine are in the new England area in the United States. Um, and it's random. Like you don't know when they're going to come through. Like you might get four on one day and then none for whatever. Cause it's people filling out a project request, but Honestly, some of the conversations we've had in those things have led to multiple, you know, five-figure deals. We've got 
referrals. Yeah. So LinkedIn Profinder, I think that's a really good tool to use on LinkedIn. And a lot of people don't know that it's even there. Um, now I just want to talk to you about like hidden marketing secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Cause honestly, that's we could do like another podcast about accountability, which is what we were right. <laughs> No, Very good. Well, listen, we are going to talk about how to stay accountable in your business and implement really well, especially I feel like marketing, this is an issue for a lot of the women in business I speak to. It may be an issue for a few of my listeners. I kind of know it is. But it's that shiny object syndrome thing. It's, it's seeing something, knowing that maybe you should be doing something with that and then starting it and never finishing it or just kind of going, well, I don't have a boss, so I don't really need to be accountable. I'll just kind of go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah. So I really love to talk to you because I know that you're obviously super structured in the way that you implement marketing strategies that you do for your clients. So I'd love to get some tips from you today on how my listeners can stay more accountable in their business and implement things really well. Yeah. So I'm just going to warn you, I might go on a bit of a rant because I get really passionate about this. I love um, it. You're in the right place. <laughs> I, so if you're in business, you have to think about it as the long game. Okay. None of this is like short term stuff. Like Short-term stuff is like posting in a Facebook group, getting a LinkedIn profinder lead. Um, those are all short-term ways that you can get a win, right? Long game with marketing is all of the strategy stuff. Like that's funnel, Facebook ads, social media marketing, Instagram stories. That's all long game, right? Like so often I see people who, and we, we've, I've experienced this a lot with clients, like They'll come to us and we'll do ads for them for three months and they'll be like, the ads will have just started working because it literally takes, if you have no data going into starting to do like Facebook ads as an example, it takes three months to collect enough data unless you're willing to spend like a thousand dollars a month, right? And most people are not willing to do that. So we'll get to that point where we're on the, the corner to actually start gaining traction and they'll be like, well, it didn't work. And you're like, oh, don't do that to me because ultimately ads are part of a bigger strategy, right? And you have to play the long game with any of these things, right? There's going to be trends that come and go, right? Like Instagram stories for me, I believe is a trend, right? I think that that's going to change again. Um, but I'm just using that as an example. These trends, you want to add those layers in, but the base of like, of, of marketing is consistency, right? And for me, when it comes to implementing, I would rather have the people I work with and your listeners pick two platforms and crush those platforms every single day, right? And own it and do it every day, no matter what, for an entire year. I was literally just about to say, so for people who are like, well, I'm running the ads or I'm doing the lives or I'm playing on this platform, yeah, like how long should you be giving it? I know that's like such a limited at, question. At least well. a year, at least okay. a year. And here's the thing, at least a year, but this is a big, and this is a big, but at least a year, so long as you're offering the same thing. Cause we also have this fun thing that people like to do. It's like, I launched this course. 
now that course went well or went good, um, instead of optimizing that and turning it evergreen, we're like, oh, let me go make this other thing over here and start all over again. And we're entrepreneurs, we're creative, and we love to create, and we love to be able to create these new things. But ultimately, we created this course. I'm just using course as an example. Um, but we don't ever optimize it. Like, we do it once. It goes okay. It's like, meh, could have been better, could have been worse, right? And then we're like, all right, well, let me go launch a group program now, you know, instead of taking the thing we've already created and leveraging that to monetize it. Because that's how you're going to be able to grow with your marketing and implementation stuff. So every time, if you're, if you're saying to your audience, right, from an implementation perspective, hey, I did this course on blah, 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 and that's for this ideal client. And then you're launching something else over here that's for a client that's a little bit further along essentially you're hitting the reset button on your, your marketing efforts. If it's not in the same linear client journey. Yeah. Okay. And so when you talk about optimizing those things as well, like, is that, what have you seen work really well from a, you know, I guess if we take an online course as an example, like how long would it be running for and how, and are you optimizing it every single time you go through it? And, like how do you optimize when you go evergreen and things like that? Like if you're just talking about that one thing that you focus on, what are some ways that you've seen clients do that really well? Yeah. So I think step one is just have a nurture sequence in place. I think everybody always forgets to have that nurture sequence in place. And that's something that's really, really important. But I think um, part two of that is determining what your model is, right? So are you going launch model where you launch it three or four times a year or are you going to go evergreen, right? And is your goal to just consistently push traffic through that? And, you know, for me, it's, it's a balance of looking at the data, right? And then getting more creative ways to actually drive traffic to that, right? And it, roughly, if you get 100 people to that sales page, one person should take action. So that's... That's depressing, average. isn't it? <laughs> It is, but, but it it is a little depressing, but that's just average, right? We have clients that see, uh, you know, five out of a hundred or 10 out of a hundred take action. Right. And, but that's where you get to be creative, like as the entrepreneur, right? Like you get to be creative in the marketing that you do. You get to be creative in the ways in which like you go on and be on podcasts. You get to be creative in all these other ways that kind of like, that's how you drive traffic to that. But ultimately we, we don't stick with anything long enough to determine whether it's even working or not. Like, you know, why do you think that is? Because we're entrepreneurs. We started our own business because we don't want to work for anybody else. Like we just want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Right. But ultimately that's what's killing our success, right? Like everyone's like, well, Jamie, how have you been in business so long? It's like, well, I've done the same damn thing for forever. (laughs) You know, like it's not, it's a, it's a repeatable model. And too often we don't stay focused on that repeatable model. Right. And we don't like, I know this coach lady that I, I used to work used to do done for you for she's changed her business model every year for the past four years 
you're not going to be able to build a, a six multi six figure business if you change your business model every single year because essentially you're hitting the reset button. And the more that you can focus on, okay, here's the thing that I'm going to do, right? And then long game, all right, so say you have, will you stick with the course model? So say you have a course, right? That's your thing that you, you were going to stick with. And then after a year of running the course, once you put a bunch of people through that, you're going to add in either a group coaching program or like a membership program layer on top of that. That's fine, but optimize that first one first so that when you go to launch the group, you have people to launch to, right? You have, you have an audience and all too often we're so focused on like all of these things that we want to create. We forget to put the blinders on to make one thing super successful. Like if you look at a lot of those big names in the online space, they started with just one thing. That was the only way to work with them. Right? I was literally just thinking about that. I'm like, Marie Folio, she's still doing B-School nine years later. Like that's her only, I mean, she's got like, I think the copy cure or something like that. And she's got a book coming out, but it's been B-School for like B-school. 10 years. B-School. And she comes up with new and creative ways to market B-School. And her job then becomes creating content that plugs people into her ecosystem so that when she launches, they buy. Right? Like, think about how much free content Marie Forleo puts out. Yeah. Crazy. And us, we entrepreneurs, we have to take that creative energy that we have and we have to put it into our marketing and getting creative that way rather than like creating a new product. And then once you do that, right, from an implementation perspective, it becomes really easy because you're not so busy. Like, I'm creating this course over here, I'm so busy. Okay, Jamie, I just have to stop you there because I really need this to sink in to my listeners. Okay, that was like literally gold. Okay, so as entrepreneurs, our issue is that we need to constantly be creative. We want to be changing things and doing new things. We don't want to be doing the same thing. But put that into your marketing efforts and getting creative there whilst staying like really steadfast on the one product, building momentum there, optimizing it and making that your flagship. Right. Oh my gosh. Like that is, I'm like, okay, we're done here. This is awesome. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> like your, your work here is done. Cause we were just, I really wanted to talk about how entrepreneurs build the momentum. And I think that that is a huge issue that we have is the constantly looking for the shiny new thing. Right. Cause we're just, we're just like dropping all this work that we did and then we're starting all over again. And it's like, it drives me crazy because it's like, you just put, you know, 80 hours into creating this course and recording all these videos and doing all this stuff. And then you're like, see ya, I don't even want to use you. Like, I'm going to go create this other thing over here. And I'm just like, no, like you, like you became an entrepreneur because you're passionate about X. If you made the wrong course, now that's a totally different yeah. conversation, right? But for me, like create the thing that you really love and then market that thing like crazy, right? Put that effort. If you really, like we, we were talking about um, like getting that momentum. Well, the way that you get momentum is by one, creating a system around your marketing, like create a system around how you're going to post on Facebook, create a system and a structure on how you're going to post on Instagram and all of those things, Right. Then add in another layer. Be like, all right, now I'm going to add in YouTube and now I'm going to add in Pinterest and use those as 
channel your creativity into those outlets to drive more traffic back into your course, whether you're doing, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I don't think I've ever really looked at it like that. Like I do use different channels for my marketing and I am really focused on play big brand bold, which is my online course, but it is really, I feel like I've sort of settled into it, but I feel like over the past few years I have created and tried a lot of different stuff and kind of go, what do I like? What do I not like? What's worked? What's not worked? Play Big Brown Bold has been around for now, I think it's two years, coming on three years now, and that's what I want to go hard on. But it is, I'm really conscious that I am always like, don't do shiny new object, like shiny object syndrome, Sue's like, this is good, stick with it, make it better. But I think that being really conscious that I can do all the, say, shiny object stuff in my marketing whilst having a system, but really... I guess, channeling my creativity and wanting to try new and different things in that vein, I think is awesome. And it's such a good way to look at it. Yeah. And that's how you'll get momentum, right? Because that's where you'll see the, the, the traffic, right? And everyone likes to think like, oh man, I got to, you know, <laughs> I had somebody say to me, I had nine people sign up for my webinar and, um, I know that those aren't the right people for my audience. Well, nine is not a sample size, folks. Like (laughs) nine is not enough people to determine if something is or is not working. Like talk to me when you've had a hundred or a thousand. And that's the piece where it's all this balance of, and this is where I can like geek out a little bit if you want, but it's all this balance of understanding, right? Like you've got your marketing stuff that you're doing and then you've got your, your, your funnel or your course or whatever it is that you have over here. It's also understanding, and this isn't really what we had planned to talk about, but it's also understanding it's what awesome. is that? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what's, yeah. that, what's that client journey, right? Like when somebody, how much does it cost to acquire that lead? So say you're doing Facebook ads and it costs $2 off of Facebook to acquire that lead. Well, how much marketing and nurturing needs to happen for them to actually become a client, right? Like, cause there's the cost per lead, there's the cost per client, and then there's the client life cycle. Like how long does it actually take them from being on your email list to actually buy something from you? Yeah. You know, and most people don't understand that. Like I'm sure your corporate background, you've (laughs) seen people look at those metrics, but we as entrepreneurs, we don't look at those metrics. Like for me, if somebody buys into my $10,000 group coaching program, I can easily spend $500 to acquire that lead. Yeah. But it's worth it. And it's worth it, right? Like that's the thing that we have to start looking at. Everybody wants to look at like, let me get the lowest cost lead. And it's like, it's not necessarily about the lowest cost lead. It's about the highest quality lead that's going to convert the fastest. So good. So I like, you literally like, that's kind of blown me away a bit. Like the whole marketing thing. I'm just like, that's so good. That's so good at the creativity. But listen, let's talk a little bit about having really realistic goals. So we've talked a bit about being accountable and, you know, trying to stick with the one thing and how you build momentum is think about the long game and really commit to that. And what are some ways that my audience and my listeners can set realistic goals around doing those things? Yeah. So I am not a huge fan of setting these. Like (laughs) I remember probably four or five years ago, I was like, I'm going to do a million dollars this year. And then in January, and mind you, I had done a hundred thousand the year before. And 
I was like, all right, January, $1 million this year. I need to do like $78,888 this month. And at the end of the month, I had done like nine. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm behind. And then I added it on to the next month. And then it was like, ah, oh, I got to do $150,000 this month. No problem. And a month I'm behind. All right, let me just add it on to the next month. So <laughs> not the way to do it. So, so if you're looking at your, your goals, right. And you're like, Whoa, those seem like way out of reach. It's time to pare those back a little bit. You want to, for most people, if it's reasonable to double, right. It's reasonable to double each year. Um, or, you know, one and a half X, um, but don't set yourself up for failure um, because what happens is you're literally deflating your momentum. You're deflating your um, momentum forward when you set these big goals and then you don't hit them, right? And so if you had done $5,000 a month in the past, the next month, move it up to six or seven. Move it up so it feels like it's a challenge, but not like, oh man, that's not me, right? Yeah. <laughs> So as soon as you start to experience that dissonance from it, you know that that's too big of a goal. So I'm a huge fan of setting really realistic goals. I love using the best self planner. Um, I'm a huge fan of the best self planner. So it looks at things. I know it. Ooh, check it out. Um, so it sets up you up for quarterly goals. And then it breaks it down by month. It breaks it down by week. And it's a really, really awesome tool for people who are like you plus a VA or just you because, yeah, we sit down at the beginning of the year and we write out all these goals and then like June comes around and we haven't even opened the document that we wrote all the goals in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know that many people are guilty of that. So the best self-planner, I actually have mine sitting right next to me. I swear by it. I've used it for two years and essentially you set a quarterly goal. So I always put a financial goal in there and then it, and then it's like, all right, what are the three things I have to hit each month to make that happen? And then you break it down into three more action steps. And then each week you commit to those action steps. And then each day it tells you like, here are the three things I need to accomplish each day. And you have to physically write them and fill them in. And I feel like for me, um, and many of the clients I work with, when you slow down and you write out those goals, you kind of feel like a jerk at the end of the day if you don't accomplish them. You know, you're like, I wrote these down. There's only so many days in a row you can come up with good excuses why you didn't get that stuff done. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I actually use that system, but oh, I didn't awesome. know that it was called. So, is it the self planner? Is that what? The it's the best self planner. Best self planner. I'll put the link in the show notes as well, but I am a big believer in that as well of, of setting. Well, I love to set a bit of an annual goal and some bigger things, but then the more, I guess, everyday tasks or the quarterly, weekly, etc. I just yep. think it, it just helps you stay on track. I find quite a lot of uh, women that I speak to just like when they're in their own business, they're like, I don't, I don't really know what to do as in, you know, when you're in a when you're in a job, you've got a structure. You know, kind of what tasks you've got and what projects are coming up and what's this and what's that. And I just said, well, you kind of just need to do that in your own business as well. So if you know that you're like, well, if I've got a course, uh, a course, I want to launch it in March, I want to launch it in July, and I want to launch it in November. And then you kind of work backwards from there and go, well, how much do I want to spend on my marketing? And when do I need to start? 
you know, doing freebies or my opt-ins and driving traffic so that I can start doing webinars two weeks before cart opens and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. totally agreed. And I think, I think the other thing is too, to, to talk about that's important is from a planning perspective, we always try and do our annual plan. Like we don't anymore, but like so many of us try to do our annual planning in December when it's complete chaos, right? Like give yourself permission. Like my fiscal year is still January 1 to December 31st, but there's no reason why you can't do your annual planning in June yeah. and run your goal year from July 1 to June 30th. And we've done that. And honestly, my planning is so much better now because it's not in the midst of like complete holiday chaos. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're coming up to the end of our financial year. We're, we're speaking at the beginning of, the, of June, even though this podcast will be a few weeks from now, but we're coming into the end of our financial year at the moment. So, you know, July in, and August is a great time for us to here in Australia to be planning for the next financial year and what we want to be doing. Cause yeah, December's our Christmas and summer holidays and all the rest yeah. of it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I do think, I mean, I think that planning things out will really give you the structure that you need to optimize and make the most of the things that you're wanting to do in your business as well. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. Agreed. And so when it comes to, I guess, growing your business and, and thinking about your marketing strategies as well, what are some things that you think my listeners or business owners in general could be doing or implementing in order to, I guess, be forward planning for growth? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that we, we've seen work is implement, I call them OMG days because my company is called Outlier Marketing Group. <laughs> um, so we have OMG days, but I highly recommend having a day of the week that's solely dedicated to working on your business. So no matter what, I don't care what the excuse is. You don't need to take calls that day. <laughs> um, and literally that's the day where you solely focus on working on your business. So for many people, like that's writing, that's creating content, that's recording videos, that's doing all of those things. That's understanding your numbers. Like I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who don't know their numbers, like updating your, doing all of those things that are going to move you closer to your goals. Cause we get so busy working on the stuff for our clients that we neglect our own business. And ultimately if you can treat your business like your best client, you can, you will grow. So good. I bang on about this all the time. So my listeners <laughs> are not going to be surprised, but today was one of those days for me. It was like batching a whole lot of podcasts because I'm going on holiday soon and I just want to have like two months worth done. I went into my financial systems today and I updated all of my accounts and I looked at my profit and loss and I'm like, how am I tracking? Where am I at? Um, yeah, doing things like that. Like we have end of financial year sales as well, where obviously if people buy before the end of the financial year, then they can write that off on tax if it's like business training and things. So I emailed my tech chick and I'm like, can you put this bundle together because I want to get it out in the next two weeks before end of financial year. And I just think if you don't make time for those sorts of things, you just kind of get overrun by yeah. like everything else. And like you said, then you can come up with a million excuses 
for why you shouldn't do it. But if you just make it a non-negotiable, it's just so worth it. Yeah. And, and, and honestly to get, it's the hardest thing to get started, but once you start doing it, it's super easy to keep doing it. Right. Like Wednesdays for us are my OMG day. The only people I take calls with are on the team. Um, and it's like, that's it. It's all we do all day. And I know with great specificity that I'm actually steering the ship of the business by doing that versus in the past that we're, it's just like, I might as well just have taken my steering wheel off my ship and just been afloat in the ocean. Cause like, ultimately that's what you're doing. You're using hope as a strategy and ultimately that's not how you're going to grow and achieve your goals. Yes. Amen, sister. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That is so good as well. And, and I just want to say for those of you who are listening, who are like, I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to do it. Like, you don't, it's just not, if you want to grow your business, if you want to be deliberate and focused and really dive into how you can be more efficient and effective as well. I just mm-hmm. think, like you said, when you don't steer the ship, you just kind of, it just kind of, you know, takes you wherever, whatever's happening. And so you really miss opportunities along the way. You do. You really do. And it's sad. Like it really, it's sad to me. And I remember when I first started doing this, I didn't do a whole day at first. I did three hours. Right. And that was what I could do. And every week, no matter what, and the first few weeks were tough. I came up with excuses why I needed to book this call with this person or this and that and the other. But remember, like if you put that on your calendar, bosses don't cancel right? Like bosses don't cancel. So put it on your calendar and commit to it and just own it. Just own it. Cause once you start doing it, you'll feel so good about talk about momentum, right? You'll feel so good about the momentum that you're making in your own business. Yeah. So good. Like you're like the American version of me. I just bang on about this all the time. <laughs> My clients and that they're like, Oh gosh, she's just found somebody that like believes the same thing as her and bangs on about which is awesome. I love it. Well, right. But you'll actually be able to implement if you have time to do it, right? Like think about it. It comes, all comes full circle, this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. That's so good. Jamie, thank you so much for, I feel like this has been a short and sweet and punchy and powerful conversation. I've taken like two or three big things away. I'm just looking at things differently. Like I think sometimes you know stuff, and but but when somebody kind of explains it in a different way, you're like, oh my gosh, that is such a good way of looking at it. So, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. Pleasure. Now, for those who are running, walking the dog, and all the rest of it, where can they find you? We'll have all your deets in the show notes. But where can they find you online? Yeah. So, um, you can head on over to outliermarketinggroup.com and we've got a, like a free training there that you can grab on how to take macro content podcasts like this and turn it into micro content, social media posts. Um, so it's just a free little training, but outlier marketing group is the best way to find us. It has the links to all of the things that we do. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just love having awesome guests on the show and I hope that you enjoy it as well. So some of the key things that I obviously took away was around redirecting my need to have different things happening, to be creating new things, to be trying new things and changing things up to direct that into my marketing and to get more creative in that space and just focus on play big brand bold and amplify. Those are the two main things in my business. 
Obviously, Play Big Brand Bold is creating the systems, structure, strategies, and mindset to scale your business. And Amplify is building a standout personal brand through things like speaking, writing a book, a podcast, video, creating epic content. So those are two things that I want to focus on. And it is so tempting And it really is for me. It's so tempting to kind of go, oh, what else could I do? Like I could maybe do this and I could maybe do that and, you know, try different things. And I loved Jamie's perspective on this. Don't try different things when it comes to your products and services when you know you've got something good. Like if you feel like you haven't got something good yet, then obviously you can continue to test and try and create. But when you know you have good stuff, then you need to redirect your creative efforts and energy and nervous energy to do things into your marketing, which I absolutely loved. And just really focusing on that in order to build momentum with a long-term strategy in play. I mean, I talked about this in episode 54, which was my tough love episode around the fact that we do things for a month or two months or three months, and then we wonder why it's not working. And as Jamie and I talked about, it's about the long game and really investing time, showing up every day, doing the work and committing to that. And so that is why I loved this episode so much because it just reiterates the things that I talk about to you all the time. Oh, so good. So good. So make sure you head over to the show notes, check out all of Jamie's links and go and follow her. She's got the OMG podcast as well, which I am on. And I will have the link to that in the show notes too. Now, the other thing that I wanted to let you know about is I've got a pretty amazing event coming up. If you're in Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane or anywhere in Australia and you want to fly in, you could. But on the 4th of September, 2019, Erica Kramer, who is the queen of confidence and myself will be running a half day workshop event for women in business who want to own their confidence, who want to be more confident in their life, in their business. If you really want to step up, stop worrying about what people think, start to really understand what's holding you back, to really get the tools to be able to move yourself forward and play a much bigger game, then this is an event that you will not want to miss. As I said, it is in Melbourne on Wednesday, the 4th of September. It is called Confidence Rising. And if you head over to the events page at theconnectionexchange.com, then you will be able to get a ticket to this event. We know that this one's going to sell out because we have a massive wait list and we released it this morning, which uh, I'm actually recording this a day before the podcast goes live. And this podcast is going live on the 11th of July, 2019. And so if you are wanting to come along to that and spend a half day with other amazing women who are looking to do big things in their business, then you will not want to miss this. So head over to theconnectionexchange.com Go to events and grab your ticket today. And I can't wait to see you there. If you've got any questions, then send me a DM on Instagram and I will make sure that I get back to you and answer any questions that you have. 
But that's it for another week. So thanks so much for hanging out. You know, I love it when you do. And please feel free to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are, tag myself and Jamie. She is Outlier Marketing Group. We will also have that in the show notes. And I'd love you to leave a review as always. But you can follow me on all channels at Suze Chadwick. But you know I love stories. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.